Listening Room, a podcast dedicated to the art and science of sound, presented by Kef. Hey, audio fans, my name is Jack Sharkin. I'd like to welcome you to the Listening Room. Our mission at Kef is to bring you the finest loudspeaker technology available, and our mission here in the Listening Room is to give you as much information about current trends in sound technology as we can. So on today's show, we're going to focus on an amazing breakthrough in cinematic sound. If you haven't heard Dolby Atmos yet, you're in for an awesome treat when you do. And if you're thinking about a new home theater or an upgrade to your current system, you'll definitely want to consider Atmos technology. Today's guest, Brett Crockett, is Vice President of Sound Technology Research and Development for Dolby Laboratories. Brett leads a group that's responsible for research and development of next-gen audio technologies, and he also coordinates activities between the Sound Technology Business Development Group and the Sales and Marketing Group to keep Dolby's research focused on the end user. I'm really excited that Brett's been able to share some of his time with us today and give us some insight into this amazing new technology. So without any further ado, hey, Brett, how are things on the West Coast today? Hi, Jeff. Great. Pleasure to be here. Good. Everything is uh, cooking along real well out there at Dolby Labs? Oh, boy, yes. We're very busy. And are you still doing kind of development work on Atmos, or is that kind of moved out of your department now? Oh, no. Um, when we um, came up with Atmos, the thing that I loved about it is because the format is so uh, flexible and allows so much uh, content creator input into it. I said, we're going to be innovating new products for the next 10 or 15 years, maybe even 20 years, because there's all these opportunities you know, compared to channel-based audio. Uh, the flexibility and the possibilities for object-based audio like Atmos is almost um, unending. And for a scientist and a researcher, that's music to your ears. So that's a great kickoff when you use the word object-based audio. And so for our audience members out there who are maybe marginally aware of Atmos or aren't really aware of it at all, maybe that's a good place to talk about what exactly object-based audio is. Yeah, so the old-fashioned audio, if you will, which was multi-channel sound or stereo, was uh, a particular audio signal went to a particular speaker. So you had the left channel that went to the left speaker and the right channel that went to the right speaker and so on. Um, when we invented Atmos, we changed the paradigm to object-based audio. And so object-based audio consists of audio objects, of course, and that's the audio essence but then for every ob- object, there's accompanying metadata or information that's where that uh, audio object is going to be located in three-dimensional space in the cinema or in your home theater. And so a content creator with an Atmos system can have up to 128 objects, and he can place them anywhere in three-dimensional space, including overhead. So it gives them a lot of flexibility. So it's actually more than just adding the third dimension of height yes. because there's there's an incredible granular directionality that you can that that an audio mixer can add that we've never really been able to experience before that. Exactly. And so you can literally pinpoint a sound um, uh, by placing an object in a for example in one specific speaker if you wanted to, but objects also have an attribute that we call size. And so you can make an object so big in size that it fills up the entire thing, uh, theater or cinema and, and, and comes out of every speaker. So there's this really flex, this flexible format that allows you to do a lot of creative things. And by size, it's really not to be confused with, with volume because a lot of people might equate um, so the size of an explosion with the volume of it rather than sort of this, the breadth of, of the, of the um, explosion, if it were. Yeah, it's not volume. It's, it's volumetric size if you yeah. in three-dimensional space. 
That's so cool. I know the first time I heard it, you know, and I, I'm kind of, you get jaded after, you know, you hear a lot of things and, 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 and walking into an Atmos setup for the first time, it, it reminded me the first time I heard any great technology was the, the hairs on the back yeah. of my neck just stood up because it's that cool. It really is something. That's great to hear. So, um, how many, are, are studios completely sort of moved over into Atmos now, or are we still kind of are we still kind of porting into the technology? No, we've got um, great momentum. I think there's uh, nearly over eighteen hundred cinemas that are Dolby Atmos, and um, lots of production studios are Dolby Atmos enabled. So, if you want to make an Atmos movie, whether it's in Hollywood or rest, the rest of the world, it's just become the mainstream. And another thing about um, Dolby Atmos, the reason that we created it and the way that we did it is it's a mezzanine format, which means that if you mix an Atmos and with the objects, you can then render down to all your subsequent mixes. So um, from the Atmos mix, you can generate a 7.1 mix or a 5.1 mix or a stereo mix. And so some mixers are, are, are saving time because we have automated tools to automatically generate those down mixes. And so, um, it's, it's quite powerful. So that's a, it's kind of amazing when you think about it. So what you're doing is you're starting with the, you know, with the full blown creme de la creme mix, which would be the, the Atmos mix, but without losing any of the information, any of the sound information or, or, or any of the, the mix that the, the engineer wanted you to experience in the first place, you're going to go right down automatically to a, to a 2.0 or a 2.1 mix. It's pretty amazing. Exactly. And so it's, it's a mezzanine format to us is like, all the information there that uh, all subsequent mixes can be derived from it. Right, right. And this, you know, with I, I'm, I'm assuming that with streaming technology the way that it is and stuff, it, this is not something that can only be married to a Blu-ray format, or, or is it going to be something that's going to be available for the average consumer with average equipment? Oh, yeah. So we, um, it's definitely a streaming format, and, and we're streaming in it today. Um, so we, what we did is for the Blu-ray solution, we updated TrueHD, our lossless coding system, to be backward compatible and forward compatible with Atmos. So you can get that hmm. Atmos soundtrack. But if you play that Blu-ray on an older Blu-ray on a non-Atmos system, and you'll see a lot of re reviews mention how well it sounds when it's not an Atmos system, um, uh, it plays back well. And then we updated Dolby Digital Plus to actually be extensible to convey the Atmos bitstream and experience at the data rates that they're used to using them now. So we, it was really a, a fundamental breakthrough um, in coding uh, to make that possible. That's so cool. I'm curious. I don't know if you have an answer for this, but you've just piqued my interest in that. Would there be a reason why a, um, a downward – a downward or downstream mix and say 5.1 or whatever would sound better. Yes. Like you, you mentioned. Yeah. So in the, in the cinematic version of it, um, what we did is make each speaker in the cinema individually addressable because before Atmos, the surrounds and the back surrounds were line arrays. It was just, they were all connected. So what right. we did is have them be individually amplified and addressable. And we also made them, full range speakers. That's our specification. And so that enabled mixers to do some pretty remarkable things that they couldn't do in the past or wouldn't do in the past. A primary example is um, before the high quality 
high um, full range speakers were behind the screen. And so they were hesitant to pull that music off the screen and into the room because you'd have a timbre change. But now, wow. given the fact that all the speakers, quite like your home theater, not in many cases, right. they're all high quality. And so now mixers are bringing the sound into the theater, into the cinema. And what that does is uncrowds the space on the screen for important things like dialogue. And so now they can bring the music into the room and the ambiences into the room. And uh, it may not be obvious, but with an Atmos mix, one of the benefits is that the dialogue is clear because it's not cluttered. It's not having to fight against all those other elements on the screen. Oh, that's so cool because everything's kind of sitting where it's supposed to naturally sit. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so that's so cool. It brings the movie into the cinema more effectively and it places you in the movie. That's, what, that's why we invented the Atmos system was to make it more realistic, immerse you in the movie and then also by adding the height dimension because in reality if you go outside – Planes are flying overhead and birds are in the trees. Right. It's more realistic. You know, surround sound was a bit more realistic, but unless you have that third dimension, it's not going to be as compelling and as, as, as engaging as, as reality. Right. And for our listeners out there who haven't experienced yet, and, and it, that really sums it up so perfectly because you actually find yourself sitting in the middle of the action, including the dialogue, including the front channels or, or, or the um, – the um, center channel, as opposed to what maybe people have heard about Atmos at, fr at first, is just that it sort of adds that other third dimension, and it really doesn't. The best way I could describe it to, to people that I've tried to describe it to is it, it, it makes a sort of a biosphere of sound around you when you're sitting in your chair. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. So now, home theater, yeah. um, you're. From what I'm hearing, then, even with a modest investment in a, in a modest home theater, um, you can you can really enhance your 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 cinematic experience now that you're going to be using Atmos. Yeah, exactly. So if you have a um, a five one setup and you don't even have an Atmos ABR uh, or any of the Atmos enabled speakers, you're going to get a better experience just from that Atmos Blu-ray. But then right. if you invest in the you know the uh, height-enabled speakers or the um, Atmos-compatible AVR, you're going to get a, a very compelling experience. So Atmos then becomes pretty, and I love disruptive technology, so I, this is high praise for me. It becomes a disruptive um, way, way to do things because now what you want to do is if you're, if you're going to build your theater up over a period of time, you start with a 5.1 and then you can knowing that you're just going to be able to add on to that it's all upward compatible exactly so it's fabulous use of technology and then yeah. because the atmos soundtrack that's sent to the home is actually an object-based mix it's not pre-rendered to channels and so i say it's like sending the creative the creative's intent to the home it's almost like sending the recipe instead of the baked cake and so as you buy a better stove you're going to be able to bake a better cake so a better cake yeah you get this blu-ray today and then every time you configure your system by adding new speakers or, or, or new capabilities the receiver says oh now i've got these speakers to take into account and then renders the movie on the fly each time you play it back taking into account what what whatever new hardware you've added to the system it, it 
it's an amazing thing when you think about that because you can, like we said, you can start nice and modest and you can build from that. And the processor, the Atmos processor itself is going to go ahead and take care of saying, oh, we just added, we added some uh, front height speakers or some rear height speakers exactly. or whatever it happens to be. So the designation for Atmos is you, you would have your seven, your regular speakers and your point one or point two for your sub and then up to point four. For four Atmos speakers in home theater, is that how that's working? So the format actually allows, and this is a bit over the top, allows 24 speakers on the floor, as many subwoofers as you want to add, and then up to 10 overhead channels. Wow. um, A common uh, format that people are installing is 7.1.4. Uh, four. So, and that probably has a lot to do with what the amplifier manufacturers, the AV manufacturers are able to put together and the speaker manufacturers are able to provide at this point. Although if you're doing in-ceiling speakers, it, it really doesn't matter. But is it kind of a limitation on the hardware right now? Um, it's just the cost of the hardware because amplification is expensive. Yeah. So um, there actually is a 32-channel Atmos preprocessor that will output 32 um, speaker feeds. And you just have to amplify that. Right, right. So in a theater, in a regular, you know, going out to the movies kind of a theater, then how many speakers are you going to be listening to in a, in a really good Atmos system? So that's the fun thing about it because it's not about how many speakers are in an Atmos theater because what we're, what we're trying to do is achieve a certain amount of spatial resolution. So a mm-hmm. big theater has more speakers than a small theater. Right. So just based right. on the geometries. You can get that same experience at a smaller theater just because it's, a, it's about space. Exactly. It's about yeah, that's positioning a- that audio object right there at that angle in the room at that height. And so for a big room, it's going to take more speakers to make that spatial resolution and less speakers as the room gets smaller. Yeah, and that's why it that's scales pretty- so nice to home theaters. And I, and I know on our end, you know, in our involvement with with having products together for Atmos and 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 whatnot, it's um, we're really excited about it because there's a lot of buzz from 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 people who are either upgrading or starting new systems on their own or, or you know building dedicated theaters. Um, it's the way to go, and and it's obvious when you when you hear the technology. Why? Because there's just the sky is almost the limit, like literally. Yeah. Yeah. When I um, when we started out, my goal for the team and my challenge to the team is with Atmos for home theater, we have the opportunity to make audio in the home theater better, sound better than it ever has before, but then make it simpler than it's ever been before. So you can go up to 34 speakers um, in your home theater. So I've got a giant library of, of older movies that are in, in Dolby Surround or, or music and, and, and whatnot. Um, any way that I can get that into my Atmos experience? Yes. So every Dolby Atmos-enabled AVR has our new upmixer. It's called Dolby Surround. It replaces ProLogic 2. And you can upmix stereo 5.1, 7.1, any content that you have, whether it's a movie, a television show, or even music. And it was designed to be particularly beautiful on music. And so you can play your stereo music through the Dolby Surround upmixer, and it will fire up all of these Atmos-enabled speakers, including the overhead, and extract the ambience in the recording so it doesn't add anything to it. So what the content creator wanted in that recording in terms of ambience, it's extracted and, and spread very tastefully around the room. So I have Dolby Surround on 
in my home theater for everything, whether it's music or the television programs or um, legacy movies. It's really uh, <laughs> my wife listens to her yoga tapes with it on. <laughs> really? Said, well, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's an immersive experience yes. for sure. <laughs> That's amazing. So, you know, that's something I'm sure a lot of our audience didn't realize. And I'm going to be really, really honest with you. Until Brett and I were kind of talking during the prep portion of the show, I really hadn't considered using Atmos for music. But now that, it, you know, you've explained it, um, wow, that's really amazing. It's like, you shouldn't not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like get your Atmos receiver, get yourself set up, and just click it on and leave it go. Exactly. For us... Atmos and object-based audio is the future of audio for this company. So mm. we fully invested all our algorithms, all our processing technologies. Everything is about Atmos because it's, it's the next generation experience. And uh, even uh, uh, a newcomer to audio, if you sit them down, they're going to say, what is that? I can't believe that's happening. That's right. You had that you want. The example that you gave me, too, it was you had played it for family members, and, and they were just gushing over the fact that it sounded like they were right on the stage with, I, I guess, they were play, listening to some Radiohead, you were saying, yeah. and they sounded they were right on, right on stage with Radiohead. I mean, it's an amazing thing. It's just amazing. So Exciting times. Um, because like any new technology, there's, there's always um, some half information or misinformation or people are not fully understanding it. So to be able to get it right directly from you is just a real, real treat for, you know, for our audience and for myself too, because there's a couple of things in there and I consider myself pretty well read on Atmos, <laughs> but I, I, I love the way you put some of the things out, you know, for us. And it's always a delight having, having, having Dolby involved in any of this stuff. Cause you guys have just done so many things over the years that have changed the way we listen to music and, and listen to, to uh, cinema. Can I ask you what's coming down the pipe, or is it uh, not a good thing to do just yet? Well, I think it's safe to say that we're going to continue to innovate. We're going to make um, the experience even sound even better and be even more straightforward and simple for the consumer. Right. Um, and I love, I love that, I think, aspect of it more than anything is the fact that you guys are, are putting a lot of effort, obviously, into the, the overall audio sound experience, but you're doing it in a way that's not going to intimidate somebody who's not a complete, total tech geek, you know, because a lot of people aren't just, they're not that well-versed in the technology, and that's, that's a brilliant tack to take. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, uh, my mission or my, the goal of the team was how can we make home theater less frightening to the consumer because most consumers are just overwhelmed by home theater, the concept of home theater. Right. We, they want an experience. And so we want them to be wowed. So my favorite demo is to say, this is a new system. Don't explain it. This is called Atmos. Sit down and just play something and have them go, whether it's a sound bar or it's a home theater or it's, it's another configuration. I love the soundbar demo because to a person they say that's impossible. That right. Can't, that sound can't be coming from that soundbar. And and for me that's that's our goal is to make people so disbelieving to to have them react as if it's magic. That's yeah. our that's our threshold 
for the Atmos. Is magic. That's a that's a pretty great threshold to have if you're meeting it, and, and Atmos meets and exceeds that extremely magical experience. Yeah, yesterday I actually installed an Atmos home theater in my brother-in-law's family's home. And Did you? When we finally fired it up, it was, you know, the kids are like uh, 11 and 9, and they just, their eyes opened up, and they're like, where is that sound coming from? And it was a 714 system. And the funny thing is I played one of our trailers, and there's a bird sound flying overhead, and their dog was looking at the ceiling trying to find the bird, and I was like, got converts. <laughs> yeah, if you can get the dog involved in chasing a the bird, then you've done a really good job with your home theater. Right? <laughs> That's wonderful. Well, listen, um, this is this is really great. What I'm going to do, too, is I just want to let the audience know, and because Dolby has been um, – our relationship with Dolby has been so good for so long, I'm going to kind of go out on a limb and say if anybody in the audience has any specific questions about this, hit me up with an email, and, and I'll, I'll send it out to the, you know, to the folks over at Dolby and see if we can get an answer or if I can't answer it myself because um, I really appreciate the time and, and, I, and just the succinct way that you've described it. Brett, I'd like to thank you for coming out today. And, and Brett is the Vice President of uh, Tech Research and Development for Dolby Labs. And, and uh, I know I can speak for our audience when I say that I really appreciate the insight into Dolby Atmos that you've given us. And uh, you know, hopefully maybe we'll have you back on the show again and talk about some new things when they come out or updates. I'd love to. Thank you, Jack. It's been a pleasure. That's fantastic. That's really great. I appreciate it. And uh, for more information on Atmos, you can visit Dolby.com and search Atmos up on the upper right corner uh, there in, in the search uh, window. And you can also visit my blog at KefDirect.com and click on the Home Theater and Sound Room Design tab for a list of all of our Atmos articles. Please keep an eye out for the next listening room. But in the meantime, you can check out Kef at Kef.com and KefDirect.com. Plus, you can keep up with my blog at KefDirect.com. You can also stay up to date with all things Kef by following us on Twitter at Kef underscore America and on Facebook at Facebook. Facebook.com slash America. You can also drop us a line at the listening room at KefAmerica.com. And I do invite our listeners who might have any questions or, or any kind of comments or need a little bit more information about Dolby Atmos to, to hit me up at the listening room at KefAmerica.com, and I'll see what I can do to get those questions answered for you. My name is Jack Sharkey, and this is The Listening Room, and we'll see you next time.